The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines accountability as an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's actions. In my research, I found a very strong link between trust and accountability. Like any trust relationship, this one, too, is reciprocal. If you behave in an accountable way, I will trust you. I will give you autonomy because I trust you not to abuse it. And you will then trust me and be even more accountable. Accountability cuts across many relationships, from personal to professional. This is the first of two episodes in which, through stories of my research and trust model, I will discuss several aspects of accountability, the link between accountability and trust, and I will give you 10 ways to be more accountable and trusted. This is part one. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of The Book of Trust and facilitator of The Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? Before I start, I want to share some exciting news. The Book of Trust just came out in the third edition, along with another book, and I'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, first of all, you have to understand that my thinking about trust keeps evolving. I refine things as I learn more things, I get more experience, I hear back from uh, my clients, I, I facilitate workshops, and so... I will continue to update the Book of Trust, and this is why the third edition just came out. The third edition, actually, there's there was a significant growth in what I know and how I think about trust in uh, 2021. And so this new edition has 200 pages more than the second edition. So now the Book of Trust, the third edition, has 550 pages. Now, I don't expect people to read 550 pages. If you want to know all the research behind what I know, what I'm sharing, then read the Book of Trust, the, the complete Book of Trust. But if you just want to get the bare bones of what it is, the eight laws of trust, the six components of trustworthiness, the seven-step process that will make you trustworthy, and a few of the stories, but not everything, not at the lowest details, I made a much simpler version, a much shorter version it's called the mini book of trust. It is the third edition, even though it's the first time that it comes out as a mini book. Only 180 pages. It's uh, the same form factor as the Can I Trust You uh, book series. Much easier, much faster to read. You get everything. You just don't get the research behind it. If you want the research behind it, then go to the full book of trust. So that's one thing. The second thing is that the Trust Habits Workshop that I've been delivering over the last several years that has evolved by itself, starting this year, starting now, it's offered not only as a half-day event, but also as a full-day workshop. It has a lot more activities, activities that would help build trust, activities that will help understand trust better. And activities that make the event, a full-day event, much more fun. So now we can fill a full day with this workshop. 
Finally, I want to talk about this uh, podcast itself. Uh, one thing that's going to change is that starting this episode, th- this uh, season, the fourth season, seasons will have 12 episodes instead of just 10, only 10. So what I'm going to have is four seasons every year so it's going to be the first quarter season second quarter third quarter and fourth quarter and each one of them will have 12 episodes at the end of uh, every season i'll take one week off and go back into the next season this is how we have 52 weeks in a year so my first resolution for the year was actually that after 16 books This year, 2022, I will not be publishing another book. And this is also the first resolution that I'm going to break because one other idea that I had is that at the end of every season, I will put all of the articles because now I'm publishing it as a podcast that you're listening to right now. As a video cast on YouTube, you can you can watch it on YouTube. Shorter versions, though, of uh, this podcast because you would typically not want to watch 30 minutes on YouTube, but uh, you'll still get the same ideas and articles on my blog, on LinkedIn newsletter and other places uh, where you can read the, the articles in, in written form. But every quarter at the end of every season, I will also publish a mini book with the episodes, the 12 episodes, the 12 articles of that season. So these are the new things uh, that uh, are coming out. I'm really excited. And with that, let's talk about accountability. Some of you may know that uh, my one of my hobbies, at least, is uh, flying and uh, building and flying radio-controlled airplanes. Well, I went with a friend one day, and uh, he was trying to be a bit of a show-off and uh, showing his uh, flying skills. Well, unfortunately... As soon as he took off with his radio-controlled airplane, the plane rolled. The, his plane rolled over and crashed, and and caused some damage to to the plane itself. Um, and the first thing I noticed was that he started yelling and and well cursing and blaming things. So he blamed the airplane, he blamed the motor, he blamed the battery, he blamed the field, he blamed the wind, and everything except for one thing. You got it. He did not blame himself. And I remember that one time, well, I I crashed airplanes more than one time, but radio-controlled airplanes, if you're just starting to listen now, uh, not full-size airplanes. So I crashed uh, radio-controlled airplanes. And the thing is, every time I crashed, I started looking for what did I do wrong? What what was it that I was doing wrong? And, And even if what I found was that a servo, has has failed and that's why my airplane has crashed my question to myself was did i install it correctly uh did i use the servo beyond its specifications did i buy the right type of servo so all of those questions i i had to ask myself what is it that that i was doing that that was wrong so people who blame others are not trusted especially not by those other people you know that things fall apart, they would start blaming others, maybe even blaming you. So you want to keep your distance from people like that, and and you don't trust them. Look, there is no doubt about that. There's always part of it. When, When something fails, there's always part of it 
that is your fault. If you don't find that, then you're going to make the same mistake over and over again. And again, this could be that that you, you that the servo had had broken, but but it's you who decided to build to to buy that servo, to select that servo, to install that servo. Maybe you installed it incorrectly, out of spec or or whatever. So there is always part of it that's your fault. What being accountable means, and this this is going to be the first tip here, what being accountable means is that you ask yourself, what was your part of the failure? Even if it many people, even if many people have failed, if even if a machine has failed, ask yourself what was your part of it. Being accountable means that you focus on learning from mistakes rather than finding who's to blame for that. Of course, other than yourself, right? Uh, Because you will never blame yourself. Well, hopefully now you will. So being accountable means that that you learn from mistakes. You focus on learning from the mistakes rather than finding who was to blame. And being accountable means that you learn how to say, I was wrong. You know, it's hard to say, I was wrong. And by the way, there is an advanced version of that. I was wrong and you were right. That's even harder. Try saying that. I was wrong and you were right. I know it's hard, but but that's part of being accountable. Being accountable means that you say, this was my fault. This was my mistake. And I have to tell you that fixing a broken relationship, whether it's personal or professional, it starts with you owning your part and your part of that failure. Sometimes it's kind of uncomfortable to ask someone to do something uh, or to tell them that w- what you expect them to do. You may expect someone to do something and not tell them as a result. And guess what happens? They just don't do it. You expect them to do something, but you never told them. They don't do it. You get disappointed, and now you don't trust them. So the first question I have to ask you is, do they even know that you expected them to do that? You know, how many times uh, do you have this conversation where you say, you know, I'm really disappointed at you. Or somebody says that to you. I'm, I'm really disappointed to you. And you go, why? Why are you disappointed? Well, I expected you to do this. Well, then why didn't you say so? You, you didn't say anything. How am I supposed to know that this is what you expected? Well, I'm turning this around. I'm not talking about you being expected to do things that you didn't even know. I'm talking about you expecting other people to do things that they don't know that you expect them to. Being accountable means that you don't expect things. You actually ask for them. Now, sometimes, even if you don't know something, it's kind of uncomfortable to ask. You know, sometimes you may feel that... that you may feel stupid for for even asking, but if you don't know something, often what you will do is you will make assumptions. So you will fill in a gap of your knowledge about somebody else or what they're doing or what their intentions are, and you fill that with assumptions. 
Uh, my first uh, CEO, when, when I moved to the U.S. back in 98, Ray Shook, uh, he told me one something that, that I'm sure he didn't invent it, but he said, when you assume, if you break the word assume into three parts, when you assume you make an ass of you and me. That's what the word assume is. The thing is, you make assumptions about other people, about what they think, about what their motivations are, what their intentions are, and you find that you're wrong, and guess what you do? You blame them. You blame them for something that was never true. But that's because you assumed. So when you find that you're wrong and you blame them, I I want you to first ask yourself, did you ever ask them? Did you ever ask them what their motivations, what their intentions, or any other piece of information that you made an assumption on, whether it's true? So being accountable also means that you don't make assumptions. You actually ask. I want to remind you the the eighth law of trust, and, and you can get all eight laws in the first season of this uh, um, of this podcast. The eighth law of, of trust says that trust is two sided. The trust that I have in you is the product of my trustability, my willingness to trust other people or people like you, whatever category you fit into, and your trustworthiness. So my trust in you is the product of my trustability and your trustworthiness. There's almost nothing that you can do about the former, my trustability. But there's everything that you can do about the latter, your trustworthiness. Often when I go to organizations uh, and I talk about uh, building trust, what you start getting is people blaming others for their actions, other people's actions, in preventing trust from, from developing. So... Uh, the reason we don't have trust is because what that other person is doing and and because of them. There's a a saying that that John F. Kennedy said in his inaugural address in 1961 that, that I kind of adopted here. Ask not what others can do to earn your trust. Ask what you can do to earn theirs. So being accountable means that you focus on your trustworthiness and not other people's trustworthiness. Not not whether you should trust other people. That's what being accountable is. Focus on your part. Focus on your trustworthiness. And this, by the way, is why the Trust Habits Workshop and, and the Book of Trust and the whole Trust Habits Framework focuses on building trustworthiness, not not telling other people how they will be more trusted. Let's talk about communications. Well, what is communications? Communications is something that starts with a message in your head. The message then comes out of your mouth. Now, did it ever happen to you that the words that came out of your mouth was not were not really what started in your head where you go did i really say this out loud is, is this what i said i mean it sounds even in my ears it sounds so different so there's the idea that starts in your head the words that come out of your mouth then there are the words 
that reach my ears. So not necessarily everything that comes out of your out of your mouth reaches my ear because there's noise. Um, I may not be focused enough or, or what have you. So that's not necessarily exactly the same thing that reaches my ears. Then I interpret it based on my own prisms and lenses and, uh, and cognitive abilities. I interpret what my ears hear into what ends up in my brain. And what started up in your brain is not necessarily what ended up in my brain. Those are different things in many, many, many cases. And there are a lot of uh, exercises that we do uh, to prove that. Let me ask you a question. Whose fault is it? Is it your fault or is it my fault? Is it your fault because you didn't say it clearly enough? Or is it my fault because I didn't understand it clearly enough or well enough? What, what you said that was obviously very, very clear. So being accountable means that you take responsibility for my misunderstanding of what you said. Let me repeat that. You take responsibility for my misunderstanding. And as a result, if I didn't understand what you said, instead of saying, Yoram, you don't understand a single word. You didn't understand a single word that I said. Because when you do that, you put me on the defense. I become defensive. I become emotional, irrational, and uh, that's that's not productive. Definitely not trust build building. But if instead, when you're accountable for my misunderstanding then what you will do is say, you know what? I don't think that I explained it very well. Let me try again. Now I'm not defensive. That's what being accountable is. On the flip side, being accountable, when I say something to you and you don't understand it, being accountable, you being accountable, means that you're going to tell me that you didn't understand. And if I can explain it in a different way, rather than say, hey, Yoram, you can't explain anything well. You just don't know how to explain things because then one, once again, you put me on the defense and you're doing anything but building trust or your own trustworthiness. So for you to be accountable, if, I didn't, if you didn't understand what I said, then you have to just ask again, try and get me to explain it better to you. But you take responsibility for not understanding. So being accountable is you taking responsibility for me not understanding and me taking and you taking responsibility for you not understanding it's you taking responsibility that's what accountability is about now unless you you live in a vacuum uh, you will have noticed that we live in very sensitive times very highly politically correct uh, time and uh, we got to the point where we don't say what we mean uh, we're afraid of uh, the, the awkwardness of somebody else misunderstanding what we're saying or taking what we said uh, not the way we meant it. And, and frankly, we're, we're being afraid of, of being sued over something that we said. And, and we see that a lot. And, and if that happens, then, then we don't say what we're saying. Then we don't say what we really mean. Now... As a result, we are not really holding a constructive disagreement because a constructive disagreement is a disagreement where you can say pretty much everything um, 
and you know you, you have to do it in, in a respectful way but but not hold things back because you don't know how the other person uh how sensitive the other person is so we're, we're not holding constructive disagreement as a result it reduces trust it reduces productivity it reduces creativity so when something when when you say something and, and this is the reason why we're so careful because when when somebody is feeling hurt when the other person is feeling hurt they become defensive they become emotional they become irrational and and because they're defensive typically what they would do is they would attack back this erodes trust and, and it does kill productivity and creativity being accountable doesn't mean that that I mean, when, when I say that, say what you mean, say really what you mean, I, I don't, the opposite of, of political correctness is not being disrespectful. I'm not saying you should be disrespectful. Being accountable means that you are respectful to the other person. You don't say something that will intentionally hurt their feelings. But it also means that you tell them what you really think. Again, in a respectful way, not in a disrespectful way, but you have to tell them what you really think. Of course, like everything, there are, there are two sides to this. Being accountable also means that you don't allow yourself, if somebody says something to you, that you don't allow yourself to get offended over whatever they said to you, even especially, I should say, if it was not said with an intention of hurting your feelings. Because I'll tell you something, if I said something unintentionally, if I said something that hurt your feelings, it is 100% your decision to take it personally, become emotional and irrational with absolutely nothing to gain from it. I'll take it even a step further. Even if I said something intentionally, with an intention to hurt your feelings, it is still 100% your decision to, to take it personally, become emotional, irrational, still with absolutely nothing to gain. So being accountable is not only that you tell others what you think in a respectful way, but you really tell them what you think and, and what you feel. Being accountable also means that you don't allow yourself to get offended over everything that's being said to you. And especially if, it, but not only if it was not said with an intention of hurting your feelings. So being accountable is not being overly sensitive. The next one is empathy. And, and I have to make make it clear that when I say empathy, I'm not talking about sympathy. I'm not talking about pity. I'm not talking about compassion. There is an exercise that I do in my workshops. Here, I'm telling you something that I'm doing in my workshops. You take the number six or the number nine, whichever, and light on the side. Doesn't matter left or right. Light on the side. Then you ask people, what do they see? Well, some people will see six and some people will see nine. Because guess what? Six and nine are just the same, kind of looks the same. It just, they're, they're opposite. So there are two sides to every story. Trust me, there are two sides to every story. I There's almost no, well, uh, so far there has been no story that I heard that does not have a second side, uh, another side. 
you know, babies and cats have something in common. Uh, both when babies were born and, and cats throughout their lifetime believe that the world revolves around them. You, you can say I'm not a cat person. But as babies grow, they, they start kind of snap out of it because first we teach them the golden rule, the golden rule, do to others what you'd like done to yourself. Well, here's the thing. I love sushi. I don't know if you love sushi. My wife can stand sushi. So is it, does it make sense that I will take my wife to a sushi restaurant uh, on her birthday because that's what I'd like done on mine? Not necessarily, because she's another person. Remember, by the way, the third law of trust. Trust is personal. We're different people. Trust is relative. The other thing is, uh, as, as our kids grow even older, we tell them to put themselves in other people's shoes. Well, when you put yourself in other people's shoes, the problem is those shoes are not your size. They're not your color. They're not your taste or, or, or design. So you can't really put yourself in other people's shoes. Empathy really is seeing things from another person's perspective as if you were them. So you have to really understand the other person to understand where they're coming from. Because they may have different worries than you do. And if you put yourself as you are in their place, you're not going to have those worries. So you have to put yourself in uh, on their side as if you were them. You know, I read a research, uh, I think it was 2017, uh, from uh, th that was based on the World Values Survey Database. And based on that research, what they found, that, they, that, that database, they found that over the last 51 years, in 78 countries, the level of, they referred to it as individualism in both practices and values. And, and it's really self-centrism. It's really uh, feeling that the world revolves around me. Over the last 51 years, in 78 countries, the level of individualism went up 12%. Now, you may think 51 years, 12%, what's the big deal? Well, they actually isolated English-speaking countries. And in English-speaking countries, that level went up not by 12%, but by 69%. We are 69% more self-centered than we were before. We are less capable of empathy. We are less capable of putting ourselves or seeing things from the other person's perspective as if we are them. When you do that, when you are capable of seeing things from their perspective, seeing their side of the story, they will trust you. So being accountable means that you are capable of seeing things from the other person's perspective as if you were them. And I'm going to challenge. It's it's not a matter of capability because I believe that everybody has the capability. I, I think it's a matter of intention and, and a matter of willingness, your willingness to see things from the other person's perspective as if you were them. That's what being accountable also means. Oh, by the way, when you do see the other side of something, anything, you open your mind to new opportunities that you haven't when you used confirmation bias, when you only looked for your side, everything that supports your side of the story. This is the end of the first part of uh, what accountability means and, uh, and the 10 tips of uh, how to be more accountable. 
the next four will be in the next episode. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it, write a review for this podcast, because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops at yoramsolomon.com workshops, online courses at trustedatwork.com, find my books on Amazon, or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.